Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, I will start, though, first with a couple of messages from the last hour. Mark says, Pete, you nailed it. Um, uh, GJM says, Pete, the lesser of two evils strategy has never worked for the betterment of the country. Hence, it is a failed proposition that I will not compromise my principles to engage in. Um, And then this from Good Wahoo, kind of lengthy, but um, Pete, vote or don't vote however you like. Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but you come across on the radio as a sore loser. Ta- look, there, I'm not a sore loser, Wahoo. I have I have never won ever in any presidential contest I've ever voted in. I've never voted for a Republican. I've never voted for a Democrat in any presidential contest. You, The Republicans have never had my vote for president. It's a protest vote. I have been protest voting for the presidency for 20 years plus. I don't even know how long since... Uh, what was the, uh, would have been 96 Clinton? I think that was like the first time I could vote in a presidential race. And so, no, like my vote is not ordained to any of the major political parties. Never has been. Neither is yours, by the way. I mean, you can do what with you want with your vote. You're totally fine to do that. And again, I've had this argument for literally 20 years. And people think that. That a party is owed my vote, and it's not. A candidate is not owed your vote. Candidates, you know, they are hired to serve. They They are hired to do the things you want to see done. And if you don't like what they're promising to do or you don't like their past performance, then you you don't owe them your vote. I understand the larger issues at play. I, I understand if you listen to the program, you should know, right? I understand that you, you got majorities going and you, you got to have enough of a majority to get stuff done. I, I understand all of that. But I also, I also support at the executive level, I support those who try to push the power back to the legislative branch. That's why I was a Rand Paul guy in 2016. And frankly, there just haven't been Republicans that have offered that. If anything, it's the opposite. They, they write executive orders. They do more and more stuff without the legislative approval, and, and I'm not for it. I disagree with that. It's my protest vote. That's what that, that is the big issue for me. I'm a federalist. Anyway, all right, back to the message here. Um, take your toys home if y'all won't play the game you want to play. Not a good look, even if sincere. So, okay, so here's the other thing, Wahoo. I don't give a crap what it looks like. <laughs> That's, you've mistaken me for somebody who cares about that. I, it, it doesn't matter to me. You are free to come up with your own opinion about how it looks or why I'm doing what I'm doing, whatever. I've told you, I've explained, I think, over the course of years, very clearly, how I cast my vote for president. I've laid out my objections to President Donald Trump. In his and Joe Biden, I do it on a regular basis. I, I don't know. Like, 
you can ignore all of that and make your own assumptions about what's really going on or whatever. That's you are free to do so. Doesn't matter to me. Um, uh, particularly when you say you wanted DeSantis because he delivered as governor of Florida. Well, anyone with half a brain can say, well, Donald Trump delivered as president. Oh, look, hey, I have half a brain. I think I have half a brain. Pretty sure. It's been a while since I had the CAT scan. But um, he did deliver the House and the Senate to the Democrats and the jabs. And, and delivered that medal to Fauci as well. Am I supposed to just ignore all of that? Sorry. Was I? Because that's what. So here's a. Hang on a second. I'll do this now. This is Jeffrey Tucker, who has been at the forefront of the anti-lockdown, anti-mask mandates, anti-jab mandates. Jeffrey Tucker. This guy's been a warrior for, for what now? Four years in the, in the COVID wars. He says, Trump is the last man standing. And with that, a serious accounting for the COVID calamity is off the table completely. The candidate will not address it, and no one around him dares mention it. And that's how history is systematically covered up. Now, maybe that maybe what happened during COVID doesn't matter to you. It matters to me. It mattered a lot at the time, and it still does. Because I look at what happened, and I'm afraid that that's the blueprint for future responses. The next thing that comes down the pike, I've got some stories in my stack of stuff in the prep pile here uh, about uh, China's messing around with new variants. What happens if that stuff breaks the, the lab containment? Are we going to see a repeat? What if Trump's in office? Is he going to do the same thing or does he change course? I don't know. You don't either. Nobody does. This is the problem. Um. All right, back to Wahoo's uh, message. Uh, so your arguments sound more like the suburban white woman who just won't vote for Trump because he isn't presidential. Uh, well, he's not, but uh, that's not why I've opposed him. Um, well, our country isn't America anymore. Okay, well, the, the, so if you're trying to persuade me on something, Wahoo, this like this isn't the way to do it. <laughs> just <laughs> I, if the if it's not America anymore, so what? Just just roll with the just. Roll with the populism. Roll with the the mob. That's it. Just um, not as our founders fought and died for, risking everything. And we are in real jeopardy internally and from external threats. I do agree there. And Trump is the only man with the cojones to try and do something. That's that's not true, Wahoo. That's not true. He's not the only person in a country of 350 million people. He's not the only person. In fact, I would submit the person with the cojones was the one that went up against all of the establishment and, and the Trump uh, White House and all of the Democrats and everybody that was pushing all of the stuff during COVID, and that would have been Ron DeSantis. Well, but he's the only one now. But he wasn't then. Like past, past experience indicates he's not going to be the one with the cojones to stand up because he didn't before. I appreciated that he said it should be a state issue and all that. But then, of course, he went and attacked all of the Republicans that were opening up. And this is the problem. One of the problems I have is that in my experience and the way I uh, observed Trump's presidency was that 
and his campaigning is that everything he says has an expiration date, which is the period at the end of the sentence. And so you never know if he's going to go back on something. For example, lock her up. He promised to investigate and prosecute Hillary Clinton for her crimes. And the first thing he did when he got into office was to say, no, we're not going to do that. As an expiration date. Now, maybe you can look past that and you can say, well, that's fine. That was just a campaign promise. I know he lied to me, but that's okay. That's what politicians do or something. And maybe that's fine for you. And okay. I'm telling you, that's not fine for me. Um, so I would encourage you to reconsider, if only for the sake of the whole bleeping country. Okay, again, my vote in a red state like North Carolina does not determine the whole country. It doesn't. Look, I was the one who was arguing just last week for DeSantis and Haley to stay in because I would like to have a, a, a say in our presidential primary. Right? I, I would like to do that. I would like to try to have a vote in North Carolina come early March. And now that's not going to happen because I had people yelling and screaming, right? They were saying, oh, we, he, everybody needs to drop out and unify around Trump. So, okay, the dog caught the car. Let's see. Let's see. Y'all deliver. Right? You're trying to earn my vote. You're trying to earn my vote. Unless, of course, you think that it's automatically ordained to you, which it's not. And the proof there is that I cannot vote for you. Right? I can prove it. I can literally prove to you that my vote is not ordained to you as a candidate. Right? I can prove that. So, what I'm suggesting is, in fact, the truth, which is you have to earn the votes. You don't just get them. So, um, Pete, so you opened a can of worms, so to speak, with all these comments. I guess people who have been listening to you over the years are not listening or not understanding what libertarianism is. (laughs) Or are you trying to be like Sweden and impartial to the parties. Well, well, look at this point, like as far as the parties are concerned, like I hear people talk about the unit party and I understand like how they, uh, I understand like the sentiment behind it, but people use these terms like rhino and unit party. And what I have determined at this point is that people use it to describe somebody who disagreed with Donald Trump on one issue. When Donald Trump attacks guys like Chip Roy and Thomas Massey, Donald Trump is not a conservative, guys. He's not a conservative. He never was. What have I always said? With regards to Donald Trump, I've always said you can, you can support him and all that. It's totally fine. I, like I, I have friends and family that love Donald Trump. It's totally fine. All I ask, the one thing I ask, don't piss on my boots and tell me it's raining. That's all I ask. I don't think it's too much. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. 
at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out this is one of those topics no matter how many times i say stuff it's like people they 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 don't listen to what i'm saying they don't want to hear what i'm saying i I don't know what it is but wahoo i love you but like this is not the way all right so here's the message follow-up after i read his uh or her i don't know his i assume it's his i don't want to i don't want to assume gender says the corrupt 2020 election delivered the Democrats in 2020. Yes, I believe it, even if the various courts wouldn't do their jobs and look at the evidence. Um, okay. And I am one who was injured by the vax, so I don't cut him a lot of slack on COVID, but he, like any president, has to rely on the, quote, experts, like you and I and everyone else did, that said, his big Achilles heel was DC inexperience and relying on rhinos. To, there's no H in that, by the way. There's no H in the rhino. It's R-I-N-O. Republican in name only. Which is what Trump was, by the way. Which is why I laugh when I see people use this term against conservatives. Because that's what, because like I said, I don't even know what a Republican in name only is anymore. And part of this, I went over this the other day, part of this goes back to when George W. Bush won and when Republicans amassed that kind of power, you had a lot of people, grifters, that do not care about uh, the philosophy. They don't care about limited government. They don't care about any of that stuff. They care about power. They're throne sniffers. And so they just, they congregate, they swarm around the power center, you know, Uh, which is why, like, I would... Uh, support moving all sorts of departments, federal departments, when you don't get rid of them altogether, you move them out of D.C. You diffuse the power structure. That's the whole point of federalism. You, you diffuse the power structure, and so this way, in order to try to exert influence on legislative action, you got to go to every single state. But by consolidating all in the federal swamp, uh, you you know, lobbyists and companies and special interests, they could just send a couple lobbyists up to one place and then influence everything for everybody, which was not what the founders intended. Anyway, um, he was under attack uh, to help. Uh, he was relying on rhinos to help him staff his first term where he was under attack day one. So I have talked about this as well. This was one of the problems. Yes. That Donald Trump had much like Jimmy Carter. When you are a quote outsider, you don't have the knowledge of the players. You don't know who the, the backstories and stuff. And that was a that was a very big problem for him. Now, maybe things have changed. I don't know. Maybe we get Laura Lunar as the Secretary of Homeland Security now. And she can dox every person that says a bad thing about Trump. Maybe that's what we're going to get. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, not really. She could end up in the administration. We'll see. Um, all this said, this may be a ploy for ratings. And I get this... Really? You think this is a ploy for ratings? What did I just say, Wahoo? What did I just say? This is not an, in- this is not an incentive for me. 
the incentive for me would be to jump on and lick some Trump boots. That's what the incentive structure for me would be to not anger all of the Trump supporters in the audience, right? That's what the incentives are aligned for me to do. And I, I have explained this. That's why I started off talking about 2016. And I talked about the conversation I had with my then program director saying, I, I'm going to say this stuff and it might mean I lose ratings. And he said, that's fine. So this is not about ratings. This is not about stirring a pot. This is about being honest with you so you know where I'm coming from. And again, if all this time you thought that I've been giving Donald Trump a fair shake, then nothing changes. Um, but consider you are essentially using the radio to convince people to not vote for Trump if he is the nominee. How have I done that? Have I, have I advocated for you not to vote for Donald Trump? Have I, told, have I ever told you to vote for somebody or against somebody? I have never said that. I don't do that. I'm not telling you how to vote. See, that's the thing about libertarians. We're kind of live and let live. You do you. You want to vote this certain way? You go ahead and vote that certain way. Oh, look, there are consequences to the way you voted. Look at that. Considering the, the shape our country is in, this would be very wrong, and ultimately your ratings will falter. As many faults Trump has, any Democrat alternative could sink this country for good. What if I think that Donald Trump's presidency poses other dangers as well? The normalization of certain behaviors and activities that are also dangerous for the long-term health of the country. See, again, this is the lesser of two evils is still voting for an evil. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm, just, I'm not calling Trump evil. I'm just saying when you frame it in this narrative, that's what you're saying. I still have to vote for something bad. And that's not the truth. And I'm a big believer in the truth, like men can't become women, stuff like that. Truth matters. It's not a binary choice. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's very reminiscent of a lot of the, what happens on the left. You know, you will be made to care, like demand that people fall in line, demand, you know, people say the, say the things to wear the pin, fly the flags. You know, it's like this demand that I acquiesce. And I've always had, an, I've always had a contrarian streak to me. I've always had an anti-authoritarian uh, authority streak to me. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I am totally secure <laughs> in my, in my views on this stuff. And I don't, I don't try to persuade people to vote for candidates or vote against candidates or whatever. I, people make their own decisions on this stuff. You're adults. You have agency. You can decide for yourself. Um, let me go ahead and play this clip then. This is uh, Ron DeSantis. And making the announcement yesterday is kind of out of nowhere, but uh, from what I saw in some of the reports that he had, you know, gotten on the call with donors and they were like, yeah, pull the plug on this. It's over. And you can basically track it back to the March indictments. Every, when, when that happened, you see all the polling and Trump's uh, skyrockets. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody rallies around Trump. And that was it. But everybody had built their campaigns for something else and it just didn't work. So here's DeSantis's uh, uh, speech that he gave yesterday announcing he was getting out. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq, to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. 
This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, 
it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you and God bless. And it turns out that that Winston Churchill quote wasn't actually from Winston Churchill. <laughs> so, kind of symbolic of the campaign. Look, there wasn't anything DeSantis could do. There isn't anything any of these candidates can do. You look at the polling and, like I said, March 2023, news broke of the indictment from the Manhattan District Attorney. That was it. That was it. And uh, I know that that's seen as evidence that Democrats are afraid of him. Um, I don't see it as I don't see it that way. I, I I think they wanted to run against an indicted president because it it animates their base. And then when they saw the the rallying effect, they just kept indicting him, just like with the impeachments. Just keep impeaching, 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 and tie the Republican Party to Donald Trump in perpetuity, because they have a playbook. The Democrats, Biden, they have a playbook on how to beat Trump. And whether or not you believe uh, Biden won or not, they believe it. They believe they won the 2020 election. And they believe they won it with the playbook. They would very much like to run the playbook again. And maybe it turns out differently. We'll see. Here's a message uh, on Twitter. Pete, the real pandemic is actually how ignorant everybody is. Pete, when you say federalism, the majority of John Q. Public has not even the foggiest idea what on earth that means. Um, yeah, that could be true. Um, Hellion says, when I say unit party, I'm talking about when, all right, when I say unit party, I'm talking about the four plus decade results I've seen happen in D.C. for what Republicans say what they're going to do versus what they do. I get that. Absolutely. I get that. I, I'm. I hate that as well. Republicans run on certain promises and then abandon them uh, to go along to get along. Absolutely. You know, John McCain refusing to get rid of uh, Obamacare because of his personal animus towards Donald Trump. Mm. I mean, that, that, like that, that still burns me. Uh, Hellion says, then I think Article 5 is the uniparty defuser. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Article 5 convention, too. Um. This is from Russ. For so long, all the way back to your nighttime show and Keith Larson in the mornings, I was sympathetic to the third-party voter skipping a particular contest on the ballot, but I couldn't get past the Limbaugh-Buckley advice to vote for the most conservative candidate with a chance to win. In 2020, I skipped the presidential election and just voted down ballot. It was so freeing, and I bear no responsibility for Trump being a horrible person and candidate or Biden being elected. I could have voted for, Ber- for Bergen or Burgum, uh, or DeSantis, but I'm looking at the Libertarian candidates and secretly hoping for a workaround that would allow us to trade whoever the winner is for Javier Malay out of Argentina. <laughs> I don't know. Do, will, they allow a, will they allow a trade? Um, let's see here. This is from Dan. Uh, Pete, when I heard DeSantis dropped out, I was reminded of my optimistic view in 2020, which was that Biden and the left would cause such an unmitigated economic and political disaster that it would usher in an era of more conservative politics, such as happened in 1980 after the malaise of the 70s and the Reagan revolution. Well, remember, Reagan lost, what, twice in the primary, right, to Nixon, if I recall. Um, 
Well, we pretty much got the right setup in 2024, but in my view, DeSantis was the only candidate that could make that happen with his articulation of conservative principles and governing philosophy over incompetence and name-calling. I have been contemplating that with the match of the rematch of Dumb and Dumber, that may be four more years of Biden would be better because it would cause an unmitigated economic and political catastrophe rivaled only by the 70s. Yes, it will stink, but in the long game, we could see another 30 years of conservative politics and governance, like from 1980 to 2006. The risk is Congress need one house to obstruct the fundamental changes the left wants, like packing the court. This leads me to the conclusion of none of the above for president because I won't be able to wash off the stench of voting for Trump or Biden. They're both terrible.